welcome to the Halftime Mike Podcast, presented by basketball fan and Hoosier native Mike Gingrich, where practical, no-nonsense resourcing on social media, business marketing, and life is presented, because the adjustments made at halftime help you win the game in the second half. Hello, hello, this is Mike Gingrich with another Halftime Mike podcast. You know, every week we come back together to take a halftime break. We want to dive into online social media marketing tips, tactics, and methods for you to give you actionable items you can implement right away. It's all about keeping it practical, doable, leading edge right here. And this week, I'm very excited to be joined by the founder and the face of Savvy Sexy Social, Amy Schmidthauer. And she is the leader and leads the online charge for video blogging for business. This gal's doing it. She's got over 30,000 YouTube channel subscribers and amassed out of that more than 1.2 million video views. Okay, She loves teaching, training, speaking, and hanging out on social where Twitter is her go-to platform for engaging. Welcome, Amy. How are you doing? I'm awesome, Mike. How are you? Hey, I'm doing fine this fine afternoon and just it is a uh, fine afternoon. thrilled to have you here to kind of chat a little bit about this whole video blogging area. Well, that's my game, so let's do it. All right, all right. Hey, um, why don't we start off just for my audience then, when we talk about video blogging, maybe we should give a little more background. Uh, can you define it for us? Just so we're on the same page as we get started. Sure. Well, it's exactly how it sounds, right? It's just coming up with blog content that is in the video format. Uh, I actually like to call it vlogging because it yep. sounds funny and people are still not getting used to it. So it just it's like, yep. oh, what, what is that? It sounds kind of weird. Captures their ear, maybe. Is that yeah, what, what, what totally. Is that? Yeah, exactly. And that's always that's always fun where that conversation can go. Um, it really is whatever that you can create in terms of value for your audience and put it in video format. That's what I would call video blogging. Okay. All right. Now, uh, as, as we look at this and the landscape of that, I mean, I see a lot of personalities doing it. Uh, so can we go beyond that? Cause it, is it more, can a product based business use it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, here's the thing. It's, it seems like it's very personality types that are doing it because the thing is you sort of need a personality sometimes depending yeah. on the format of the video. So that's a good thing because when you have that opportunity to put a face with your brand, you can really actually start to gain more traction on personal connection with your audience. So that's the beauty of it. But absolutely product-based businesses can be doing this. As a matter of fact, they can be extremely successful with it. Not only doing possibly reviews or uh, just value propositional types of content in terms of how their products work with other things, but other products that might be complementary to at least get a broader audience okay. and their eyes on your stuff without even knowing they're looking at your stuff, just digging into something they're interested in learning more about. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. I mean, when you think about that in the landscape, is there maybe anything from a client or some others that you see that are maybe product-based that are doing it well? Is there some examples that you have top of mind at all? 
Well, it's it's kind of funny you, you mentioned this because I give an example in um, one of my webinars about Home Depot. And it's so funny because it's kind of unrelatable to my target audience. It's like, why are we talking about such a big brand? But they were such a game changer in terms of big companies on social media in 2008. A lot of big companies were saying, oh, we don't really want to get on social media. And they were avoiding it altogether, especially YouTube. But they dove right in. And rather than going on this platform and just plugging their products left and right, they were just doing what the average person who maybe owns a home or just needs to do some uh, work around the house, some home improvement stuff would want. And that's tutorials. And they just started uploading tutorials. Here's how you install this kind of door. Here's how you replace a toilet, yada, yada, yada. They're taking their orange apron brand, putting some faces on it by giving you different people to take you through these processes. And then of course, you're going to think, okay, well, I need to go buy a toilet now. So I guess I'm going to go to Home Depot. Yep. Okay. Excellent stuff. Now that made me think of uh, another one, the other competitor, Lowe's, because I've seen mm-hmm. actually Lowe's on on Vine. I mean, six second videos. That, yeah, yeah, that and that's that's a <laughs> game changer right there. If you can do it in six seconds six and seconds. make it fun, then that's great. Yep. All right. So I, obviously, I just threw out a term there. I mean, Vine and uh, you know, w- what are the platforms that we should be talking about when we talk about um, vlogging? Sure. So obviously there's a lot of discussion around this right now because it's 2015 and people keep walking up to me and saying like, hey, you're onto something here. Video's hot right now. And I'm like, (laughs) you know, video's been hot for a while. Uh, But I think a lot of the reason why people are saying it is because of Facebook and Vine uh, and Instagram and especially YouTube. Obviously, YouTube is a little bit of the OG here, uh, original gangster in the video game. Uh, But they uh, specifically are by far and away, in my opinion, the most important just because they are specifically and totally tied to the number one search engine in the world, making them the second biggest search engine in the world um, and the biggest visual search engine. So in terms of being discovered, YouTube is a great place to be. It's if you know how to do SEO and on YouTube, it's even simpler than it is for the average blog or website that you would try to boost SEO for a search engine, then you can absolutely be discovered in search. So that's something to think about. Now, on the other hand, Facebook video is a huge deal right now, Um, especially with everyone's been on Facebook for a long time. You know, social media marketing became a thing because of Facebook and all the networks that were around really early on in this sort of trend. And the reason why it's important is because they want to be the next YouTube. I don't really know what they think is going to happen because they, they, in my opinion, really cannot be. But by wanting to strive for that and having people watch a lot of video on their platform, they are boosting video content in the newsfeed significantly. And to a point where if you're the average Facebook user right now with maybe a thousand or so friends, maybe even just 500 and you follow some brands, you probably log in and immediately see a video starting to play. Mm -hmm. So it's it's absolutely true that that's a very critical place to be in terms of video. Now, you also do need to consider a couple things. Audience retention in video will always be the most important metric for you to measure. And here's what I mean. Audience retention means how long is somebody staying on your video? At what point do you lose them? These are going to be different on those platforms, though. On YouTube, the average time that somebody decides whether they're going to stay or go for a video is the eight-second mark. Facebook is a completely different story because videos start playing on the news feed immediately, whether you chose them or not. And you have to decide if you want to even turn the audio on. And the view doesn't even count for three seconds. And it's a lot of different things. So the strategy on YouTube 
is going to look very different from this strategy on Facebook. On Facebook, you need to be doing something insanely interesting visually to get somebody to say, I'm going to stop on my newsfeed, watch this and turn the audio on. Where on YouTube, they're making that determination based on suggested content and search results. Yeah. And once they get there, it starts to play and they hear it at the same time. And you can rope them in from the beginning and really hope that they'll stay with you. So the competition to keep people around is very different on both platforms okay. but those are two very big ones right now yeah yeah no I, and I like that distinction I mean there, there's always that kind of that commonality that hey maybe if I just make one video then I can put it up in both places but, mm-hmm. uh, but you're, you're making the case right there I mean with Facebook you know what are you gonna do in that first three seconds or you know or so to, to have them say they want to click to listen Absolutely. And, you know, for me, where uh, when Facebook video started to become a thing, we'll call it, and everybody's saying, Amy, you know, this is your this is your bag. Like, why are you not posting your videos? I mean, I'm up to my 440 something video at this point. Why are you not also posting them on Facebook? Now, uh, for for vanity metrics, I actually like everything to be in one place. But for the sake of testing it, because I just can't be inexperienced in this field if I'm going to be in this field, then I started to test it. And I did find that that audio thing was a major issue. I look like a talking head if you aren't listening, uh-uh. but I am not a talking head if you are listening. And that's a critical issue with video. Lots of people just get on and start talking. Yep. But if you get in, get in on and then start talking in a very engaging way, it's a different story. So you have to be listening to me for it to be good. So my videos tanked on Facebook. Okay. Got it. Got it. I understand the distinction. Yeah. So very interesting. Very interesting. So, I mean, I know already a number of businesses kind of start with that mentality of, you know, I'm not sure we can produce video. So um, now we've added a little bit another dimension to that, I should say. So how can a business kind of overcome that mentality? Can they, you know, um, is this doable for your average small, medium sized business without a video department? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you need to have a team that understands your brand, your audience, your messaging, and then you can just go from there. You know, it's BYOD, right? You you probably have a marketing department and they all have smartphones and smartphones have full HD quality video. And actually probably uh, a, a good example at this point, which I haven't even brought this platform up is Snapchat. The amount of video that's going out from brands on Snapchat is just mind blowing. And it's literally just whoever is working in the marketing department or the social media marketing department using her iPhone to take footage of the fashion show or the photography session behind the scenes of the blog or the fashion retailer or whatever it is. It's so easy to get started. And there's this level of prestige that has been worked into the brand as you've defined it, that a lot of companies can't get past when it gets to video getting started because they're like, well, that level of prestige needs to be reflected here as well. And then you start thinking about crazy cameras and green screens. And that's the opposite of what we're trying to do with video content. We are trying to be relatable, not unrelatable. Okay. That's huge. That's huge because I I think that's immediately what people go to is, you know, what's all the equipment, the green screens, exactly what you said. And you just dispelled that myth and, and took it out, said be relatable. Exactly. All right. Okay. Uh, so based on that then, and uh, I like the BYOD, that's a great uh, model yeah. for your own digital. Yeah. And so, so with that, I mean, what else might be helpful? What, when I talk about equipment, time lengths, you know, any of those kind of things, what's a 
business need to think about today from your point of view? First of all, time length is zero. Everybody's got the smartphone. Just get started. It, it doesn't matter how big the company is. You can start using a smartphone. And it really doesn't matter from there also in terms of equipment when you're thinking about lighting or audio or editing software. Everything is so accessible at this point. You don't even have to invest in high-end software for thousands of dollars because it's available at a, a monthly rental rate. Yeah. And, and that's a great way to just try things out and just get started. So the timeline should just be when you have a content plan and you're ready to run with it. Just turn the camera on when something is happening. And something happening could mean there's a monkey running around in the street or there was an accident or you could just have a thought and you need to get it off your chest and you want to start talking. That's how a lot of my videos happen. You know, I'll be like, oh, my God, I can't believe somebody did that on Twitter. I'm going to talk about this so that no one will ever do it again. And I'll get in front of the camera and talk about it. That's me turning the camera on once something's happening. So in terms of timeline, think of it that way. Okay. Just get the footage and then see what you come up with to do something with it. With equipment, there's a variety of things you can do outside of obviously the smartphone. If you want a set, which is what I have, I have an, a set that is always ready to go when I'm going to jump in front of a camera. I've got a tripod. I have a Canon T4i, which is a DSLR camera, and that's going to be the HD video quality that I want for my series. I have a small LED light that balances natural lighting, and I'm ready to go. I have a place where I can always go and film and it's familiar to my audience. It's a part of my structure mm -hmm. and it works for me. So it's not necessarily that you need certain equipment all, you know, just to get started. Yeah. It's just about being conscious of what you have, using what you have and being aware of if there are restrictions with what you have, just respect them. If you're using internal audio in a smartphone, be careful when you're going outside and it's windy. You're going to kill yeah. your video with bad audio, but there are small things you can do to upgrade it. Right. Okay. All right. And now you, you mentioned one thing there and that was like a, a content schedule. So obviously then there's some some thought that you're recommending go into this in terms of uh, a content. I mean, I know you have a basically a publishing schedule. I kind of, you know, weaving around in your site, you know, Savvy Tuesday, Sexy Wednesday, Social Thursday. Uh, so you've got kind of a, a focus and a plan on how you publish videos. Uh, what, what are some starter tips and a frequency, uh, you know, tip for the audience in that regard? Sure. So, I mean, consistency means a lot of things. And that was when I realized that that was the game changer for my channel. I was uploading maybe a, a video a week, not even that religious uh, to my channel initially. Okay. And it was good because it was different, but it wasn't good enough because it wasn't something that people could rely on. So a lot of times consistency is schedule and it. But it's just that people know that you're going to come back. They know you're going to keep bringing good content. It doesn't have to necessarily be the same day every week, but then they know you're going to show up because you're reliable now. So keep that in mind. I know a lot of successful channels that have different days of the week and a lot that pick the exact same day. I've picked three days that are the same. And I also used the structure of my name to become the structure of my series. So Savvy Sexy Social, Savvy Tuesday, like you said, Sexy Wednesday, Social Thursday. And the reason for that was to give a little bit more of a predictability and reliability factor of my content for my audience. They know that Savvy Tuesday is going to be more of a business-related networking tip versus Sexy Wednesday is going to be something more in relation to making the conversation about your uh, brand and your content more sexy. You know, maybe you're th listening th to this and you're saying, God, 
how are we going to talk on video? We don't have anything fun to really talk about. Well, there are lots of ways to make your content more sexy. You just have to open your mind to that. So that's what we focus on on that day. And then social 30 Thursday is a social media tip. So now when I have these ideas and these content opportunities are coming in, they have a place and it's not just, okay, let's do it. Cause we just came up with it. Okay. Ready, set, go. Mm-hmm. Everything has its place. Everything has its structure. So everyone knows in my audience what they can expect. Yeah but then they also leave pleasantly surprised. So that's really something that I would think about as you're structuring your content. What can you do that makes it fun and reliable and addictive for your audience, but it's also a pleasant surprise when they're finished watching. That was excellent, excellent stuff there. I'm going to make sure I get that in the show notes there. That was uh, some great value added there. Uh, So now I've got my videos and uh, obviously I'm also doing some other things in my online marketing or we should be. So how do we kind of weave these things together and have some integration with my video, my vlogging and my overall online marketing? This is something that I call the social funnel. You hear about the sales funnel a lot, and that's extremely important, and that's really going to be all-encompassing. But when you think about the social funnel, this is how I tend to answer a lot of these questions, like uh, how many social networks should I be on, and, and how many videos should I make, and what should we do next, and how, how do I keep people coming back? When you look at all of your online entities as a social funnel and everything at the top is rented space, right? YouTube is rented space. It's not yours. Facebook is rented space, Twitter, Snapchat. If those were to disappear, you wouldn't have them anymore. Your audience would be gone, whoever is there. And that would just, it it wouldn't be helping you in your funnel anymore. But that's why it's at the top because the next section is your own space. So as you're thinking about integrating all these things together, you're on Facebook. What do you do on Facebook that makes the audience happy there? And then how do you send them down the funnel? How do you get them to your online assets? How do you get them to owned assets? That's your website. And then on your website, you need to be collecting them in an email list so that you actually have the contact information of these people. I've gotten so many emails in the past of just, you know, happily ignorant people, which I totally understand saying, oh, I would love it if if YouTube would send me all the email addresses of my YouTube subscribers. And I was like, you're dreaming. You are borrowing those people from them. So they're not going to send you their contact information. You have to get it. So that's why it's very important that you have a very clear call to action for everything you do online. My Facebook and my Twitter, they direct people to my content. My content lives on my website. My website is, a, you know, it's complemented by rented space on YouTube because I embed videos on my website. I send people there to watch, mm-hmm. not to YouTube. I'm happy if YouTube watches my stuff, but I'd rather somebody find out about my video by watching it on my website because I control that environment. And then that environment says, join my email list. And now you're on my list. And now you're really in my community to become a brand advocate, buy my product, etc. When you visual everything, visualize everything in a social funnel, it becomes so much more clear why you are where you are and what people are supposed to do next. Yep. Excellent. No, I love that. And particularly just the the simple tip of even if you upload to YouTube, you know, embed it within your website. So yeah. and then direct people there when you market to them. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, of course we want to be discovered on YouTube, but if people already know about you yep. and they're like, they're like, yeah, I mean, we did what we did, what you're doing. We Yeah. Just let us know when you have a new video. I'm going to send you to where I make more money, not Google, right. <laughs> you know, yep. that, that that's what works for me and my business plan. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Excellent stuff here. And uh, coming back to 
uh, the B, the BYOD, what I've got in my pocket, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, obviously, so I can, I have an HD quality with the iPhone and I can take some quick videos there. Uh, you know, I need to do a little bit of editing kind of thing. What's, mm-hmm. what's a recommendation for, uh, an app or quick method to just sharpen up a phone video? There's so many options and that makes it a lot of fun. I think the the go-to on the iPhone, and there's probably plenty of options, but the go-to is iMovie. It's about $5, but it's very easy. You drag and drop, you can throw transitions in, you can make a very good project on your phone and upload it to YouTube. The alternative for Android that I have found is something called WeVideo. I believe they have not only a free version, but an upgrade. And the Android store always has such a variety of options because the, the app to Developers have to go through a different process to send things there. So it, there's so many things you could be doing there. But if you're thinking, man, <laughs> editing on my phone sounds so annoying, but you really do want something fairly entry level, you can just take video on your phone. Let's say you get footage of something happening. You get some more footage of maybe somebody talking to the camera and you want to combine these things in some way. Yeah. Upload those video files to YouTube from your phone. You'll, your phone will have the ability to do that. You can use the YouTube app for it or you can just it's usually built into the phone when you do that upload it in private and then go to your YouTube channel and on the back end they have a YouTube editor drag your files into the timeline add transitions they even have royalty free music that you can use without having to worry about giving people credit it's all people that are contributing music to YouTube and don't care who uses it they just want it spread far and wide so there's a built in editor you don't have to have an app on your computer you just do it on the net and then when it's done you export the project and it's already on your YouTube channel. You just hit live. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. Excellent stuff here. And I feel like uh, we're just kind of scratching the surface here. You, you've got a tremendous amount you can bring to this discussion here. Video so. has so much depth, <laughs> Mike. This is awesome. This is awesome. So maybe just uh, point us in some directions here. You've stirred our interest and we want to know maybe a couple more resources, you know, three, four more resources that uh, you would recommend to us. And I know sure. you've got some on your site. Absolutely. I mean, if you do want to get a little bit more technical in the talk, I mean, it's very hard to say like, okay, Amy, I trust you. I'll use my camera. I'll use my phone and I will prove to myself that I even need to buy equipment by actually executing with my phone. So in the meantime, I want to do my research. If you go to SavvySexySocial.com slash resources, that's where I pretty much dump a list of anything that I use, including equipment. So you can look at cameras, lights, things like that. Just It'll just send you to Amazon and say, here it is. You know, you can just take a look at everything. Yep. Um, same thing for some podcasting gear and stuff like that if you're interest, more interested in the audio areas. Um, but that's a that's a really big one for sure. Okay. I would also consider um, I, just thinking about your YouTube channel more strategically because here's pretty much what happens when you're found in search. Somebody finds your video because you optimized it very well. Hopefully you landed on the front page of the YouTube results and they watch your video. If they like it, they're going to click on your channel to see what else you've got going on. Mm-hmm. So once they get to your channel page, which for me is youtube.com slash savvy sexy social, this needs to be a very visually pleasing and exciting place so that someone says, this girl's really got her stuff together on YouTube. And look, I can go all these different directions and look at, watch all these videos that as I want to watch them, the ones that I think apply to me the most, you can pick a Facebook track or a Twitter track with the, with the beauty of playlists. 
So I have a free course on my website um, and it tells you how to build a professional YouTube channel. So it takes you through a lot of that stuff, making the channel visually presentable, designing it correctly, using playlists to your advantage, setting defaults the way that I would advise you to. And it's just a great resource. It's a quick 20 minute video, walks you through as if I was starting a channel from scratch. Okay, awesome. All right, and I know obviously you have a podcast as well. I do, yeah. I have fun on Mondays and Fridays, the other days I don't publish a video, Uh, of course, uh, at the Marketing Lifestyle Show. Okay, excellent. So the Marketing Lifestyle Show, I'm going to get that link. I'll have these in the show notes to how to set up a professional YouTube channel and also your uh, resources page there. So excellent stuff. Any any other final resources that you want to recommend? Um, I think that's pretty much it. Okay. If you have any more questions, I'm open to emails. I love Inbox Zero, so I'm very good at replying. Oh. Amy at SavvySexySocial.com. There it is, folks. All right, Amy, this has been great. I appreciate your time talking about uh, vlogging today. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. It was awesome. You know what I got to do? I'm going to have to definitely make a video to promote this podcast episode. I love it. All right. I'm going to take it. I'm going to learn from it. Thanks. All right. right, Thanks, Amy. Hey, folks, I appreciate you being with me today. Again, this was Mike with the Halftime Mike Podcast. Take care. Over and out. Thanks for listening to the Halftime Mike Podcast with Mike Gingrich. Remember, what you do in the second half can change the outcome of the game. Does your business need resourcing, tools, and social media consulting? Then visit MikeGingrich.com. Want to have Mike speak at your next event? Visit MikeGingrich.com slash speaking. Join us again for another episode of Halftime Mike, your no-nonsense guide to victory on the court of life.